welcome to episode 405 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Episode 405 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Oh, I'm feeling like a bit of a pauper over here, Bevan. <laughs> Bevan's sitting I, I, over there. He's got I, I, his nice Michael, you know, positioned perfectly in front of him. I've got a bloody tea towel wrapped around my microphone, sitting in the mug of, in a mug of tea. <laughs> I broke the mic stand. You about guys about two months ago. Mentally, but the problem is, whenever I'm in oh, town, yeah. it's either before the shores <laughs> drops open or when they're closed. <laughs> All I'm so, hearing is excuses. But the funny thing is, just you think I'd give myself the bad cup. You would. But no, John's got the bad cup and he's literally, he's got the That's okay. I'll it's play stuck on. right up to his mouth. I'm going to take a photo of this. Wait a second, I'll take a photo. I'm making our Facebook photo. Wait a second. Here we go. Let's have a look. Here we go. Camera. Camera. Here we go. Ready? John and smile. Come on, camera. What's happening with my phone here? Oh, all your Apple technology is turning to crap. What is happening here? Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. I'll do that in a second. Um, I am talking proudly brought to you. Oh, here it is. Wait a second. Here's the photo. I'll do you in sepia. Ready? Three, two, one. Cheese. Beautiful. That's going on the website. Cool. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Okay, I am talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Um, seriously, what I could do is put the coffee in the cup, have a straw. I know. It's all a, in one. It's a win win. Maybe uh, go on, go on uh, Dragon's Den and. And have that as an invention. I watched the Dragon's Den a while ago, and one of the Americans won, and it got a bit emotional, John. Oh, God. The guy got a bit emotional, almost spread some tears. Yeah, just that. God. Would you go on that program? Uh, don't know. You know, if, Jim, I, if I really had something that you couldn't get off the ground, you really thought it was a killer idea, I suppose, maybe. Well, it's good marketing. Yeah. But yeah. you know what was really interesting? What? In the American version, I don't know if it's the same with every version around the world. If you go on the program, they, no matter what, even if they don't take you, they take a percentage of your company. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, because there was a guy who does a, a company, Scotty Vest, which is like a tech vest, and he had a new product, and he wasn't allowed to, he didn't mention his other pr- business at all, because if he did, they'd mm. take like, like 20%, like a big amount of your company. So, anyway. I, can, I don't know. Fair enough. It's pretty big marketing. Yeah, that's pretty big marketing. Okay. Mm. You know, uh, next sponsor? Uh, uh, com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your active buffer. Okay, team, this week's show, what do we got happening? We've got a bit of news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got uh, Coach's Corner. Not really Coach's Corner. It's, it's more coming back to Bevan on a bunch of questions he had last week about money and races. Is it where Tim did the work for you? No. Oh. Slow okay. Twitch and Tim did oh, okay, okay. And then I did a bit of my own work. And then just put it under your banner, Coach's yeah. Corner. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, Project 2014 update. Oh, what's happening from here, John? I know. Goodness. Uh, what's happening from here? People are excited. Oh, I tell you. The excitement is amazing. And questions and answers at the end. Okay, news. Well, we hit the big race we had this weekend was the Abu Dhabi Triathlon happening, and Butterfield took it out. He did. I um, Not not that surprising, really. He's been on fire last year. You know, great Yeah, it's Kona. interesting to watch that kind of progression forward. Like, he, mm. like was it 10th in Melbourne, mm. ninth somewhere else, then 7th, was it 5th in Kona? Yeah, it was about that. Something yeah. like that. Fifth or seventh, something like that, and you know, and then got second in some other triathlon. Was it Cozumel? Yep, yep. Recently, when he said he was doing it as a training day. Yeah, and then uh, you know, it's finally come along and get this big win. So he, he was, uh, 
you know, not not amazingly surprising. I mean, you would have been picking Frederick Van Leer to take it out. Uh, he faded on the run. Um, you would have thought Tyler Butterfield would be there or thereabouts. Bas Diederen was probably a little bit of a surprise package yeah, in John? second place. He's a Dutch dude. I remember him winning an Ironman race somewhere, but you wouldn't have really called him a big hitter. And then Sylvain Sudry was in third, just edging out Frederick Van Leer. So... Yeah, it's when you when you see the first girl coming in in tenth place. Grand Melissa Holstein is an amazing athlete. You know the, the depth of that field there is uh, not amazing. Nico Lanos was only um, sixth. He was fairly well off the pace. You know, good fifteen to. Apparently, Big Pat got off the bike together, mm-hmm. and uh, and it came a two bit of a two horse race. Yep. And then about halfway through the run, Butterfield got 40, 40 seconds on. The, who was yep. second place getter? Bas Diederen. Bas Diederen. So he got forty seconds on him, and. Uh, he couldn't really close the gap. I think he won by 45 seconds in the end. Yes, yeah, so solid racing, good money. You know, we're, we're just going to talk more about uh, about money, but Tyler Butterfield will be taking home $40,000, so solid effort. His wife won the race a few years ago as well. So, yeah, and interestingly, looking at the numbers, you know, I was just interested as to how many people actually did the race. Uh, <coughs> there was only 180 starters in the 180 males, 180 male starters... 31 female starters and pretty high finish rate. You had 150 and 27, so 83 and 87%. So we were both thinking, oh, that's not many. But then in the short course, uh, the short distance race, they had 888 men and 161 women. So you know, that's a reasonable size event. You've got a, you know, probably 12, 1,300 people racing. Not bad. And then in the short course race, you had the Brownleys uh, crossing the line together, holding hands. What do you think about that? Oh, it's pretty poor. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I understand them doing it. No, I've got nothing. But it, it's not a good indictment of the sport where you have guys cross the line together. It's a kind of taking the piss out of the event a bit. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Mm. You know, like you, you turn up to watch this race. You've got two of the best in the world coming along. You knew there was, there was a two-horse race. Mm. And apparently they got off the bike and, they, you know, just left the field for dust. Which is good, but you want to see a race, don't you? You do, you do. And uh, well, the, the guy that got you know the guys that were getting third and fourth and fifth and no mugs. Uh, you got Rudy Wild, Bart Arnott, and, and Ronnie Shilnick. Those are three decent. But dudes. they're more long course guys, aren't they? Uh, Rudy Wild's not, um, but Bart Arnott's. You know, he's uh, he's one of the fastest runners out there. And Ronnie Shilnick, you know, he's won lots of races. So yes, they are. Uh, those two are long course specialists, but they still put five minutes into them in a three hour race. And chances are they probably weren't doing it that hard either. So they are head and shoulders above everybody. But yeah, get what they're doing. You know, this was not a high priority race for them. And they just uh, split the money down the down the middle. And they've got other races coming up that are more important. So Yeah, but you know what? The thing is, as an athlete, it's a funny world we live in because an athlete is also a performer. If you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're putting on a show and... You know, that's why you look at the makers of the world and that's why Maker is such a success is because he understands the show, you know what I mean? And you can get the guys who are like, you know what, I'm here to race, I'm here to do my job, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's probably more of the mm. crowy type of character. You know what, this is a job, training as a professional kind of thing. And then you get the people who kind of understand the show. <clears throat> and people come along to these races to watch them. Now, the feedback we got this week was from Tim was saying that the crowds aren't actually that massive in oh, Abu Dhabi. Be, no, not at all. No, so it's, you know, like maybe, maybe the Brownies think of bugger it, no one's here, let's just kind of get to the finish line. But, you know, you just, it does want to be entertaining. And if people just kind of cross the line together. They should have just done a 200 metre sprint. They said, right, we'll run together. You know, we don't want to beat each other up too much. Yeah, save our legs. Just save our legs. And then let's just have a free for all last 200. We'll still split the money. Yeah. But let's just have a. T- Make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So come on, Brownlee, sharpen up. We know you're great, but sharpen up.
Coming up this weekend, we've got Ironman Melbourne, which is the first championship race of the year, and we must say, pretty excited about this race, John. It's going to be a big weekend. Yeah, last year last year it was a great race. You had Nico Lanos just uh, rolling down Marino van Holnacker, and if we remember rightly, the swim last year was a debacle and got um, it was only shortened, wasn't shortened. It, it yeah. was twenty minutes swim, and then Craig Alexander yeah, had a pretty solid race there in third. Couldn't mow those guys down though. And then uh, it was a spectacular performance on the girls' side last year from Connie Abraham, who I think has been injured since then. Uh, just, you know, we had 8 hours 10, and I know the swim was short, but that would have been, you know, ballpark 8.30-ish. Amazing beating of Von Van Vlerken by 16 minutes. Oh, we didn't even talk about the girls. And, um, oh, John, you sexist pig. Yeah, the girls' side of things. Cause it was actually, actually, it was my fault because I went on to... Yeah, it was, uh, it was actually the girls' race was, was more interesting than the guys. Apparently it was a real full-on battle between Yvonne Van Vlerken and Melissa Holscheidt. Um, you know, it was to and fro. You know, normally you would say Melissa would just uh, crush crush uh, anybody on the run. And apparently Yvonne came back and on the run they came off the bike and Yvonne pushed her and got in front and got a little bit of a lead and then they came back and forth and there was only, you know, there's only 22 seconds between them. And that's a big pay difference. So first is $40,000, second is $15,000. So you're losing a lot there in 22 seconds. But, uh, you know, good victory for her. Michelle Vestibu was in third place, another six minutes back. And Jodie Swallow was a distant fourth, who was after leading early on. So, yeah, apparently good racing on the girls' side. Great racing. Great. Mm. Okay. I remember what's coming up this weekend. Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, last year, there's some pe- spectacular racing. Oh, really? What happened? Yeah. Right. But, uh, we'll push on. <laughs> and uh, solid field this year on the guys' side of things. Very solid. Paul Matthews on try rating. Oh, firstly, I've got to say, I'm in Melbourne. Sharpen up. Your website doesn't even have uh, any mention of any pros. No no press releases, nothing like that. No pro listing or anything like that. Really? And this is a championship race. And, I mean, we're a week out now. I'm in New Zealand shows everybody up. They're just pumping out these press releases for like a couple of weeks before. That's when they start, and they just keep pumping them out. They do an awesome job. So, Jumbo, mm. how does Dawson get hold of it? Oh, there must be. There must be listed somewhere, like whether it's on the pro, pro, the pro membership page or whatever. But it's. I had a reasonable look, and if it's there, it's bloody well hidden because I did have a bit of a look. So first up, there's no pros listing. Second up, on their homepage of. You know, when you go, if you search for Ironman Melbourne, it takes you off to the now WTC site, and you're on the one. It says, you know, Ironman Melbourne debuting in 2012. Blah blah blah. It's like, God, can you not even update your text? It's two years later, John. Yeah. So that's my gripe for this week. Okay. One, two other things. Uh, it's hundred, it's hundred age group slots, which is kind of cool. You know, they're really rewarding these championship races. But the cha- you don't have to qualify for championship races, do you? It's still first no, in, first serve. It is still first in, first serve. But you know, do you think we'll get to a point where there'll be a qualification? Don't see it happening anytime soon. I would, I would like it to be that way. But how do you do it? That's the problem. Like, if you look at Ironman New Zealand, do you, you know, do you qualify this year for next year's Melbourne? Mm. Would it, yeah, I don't know. How, it's I too close. You know, like yeah. I don't know how you do it. But anyway, uh, hundred age group slots, which is cool. Um, other thing that I noted on there, they've got a later start time because I remember watching it the first year, and you're looking at your computer screen, it was like pitch black. Oh, really? You're like, where the hell are those swimmers? That must be out there somewhere. So they're not starting until seven twenty for the for the pros, seven and then seven twenty three for the women, seven thirty eight. So you you guys have got a nice big sleeping over there. Um, I do. So what does that mean at the end of the day? Yeah, that's what I was was going to be my question. I'm not sure whether the cutoff would be at midnight. I bet it probably is. Uh, so it means you've got thirty eight minutes less to get around the course if you're one of the Tailing Charlies. Because well, it is interesting. Where, where does it finish? Does it finish in St Kilda? Like it starts in St Kilda, doesn't it? 
uh, one of Frankston and St Kilda, one or the other. I don't know what it's. I don't know Melbourne very well. I'm just wondering, like the night. Well, it's, you know, kind of a suburban area, right? You know, obviously it's noise, and that could be a problem mm. that late at night. Mm. Finishes right next to the sea. Yeah, maybe it's not so much a problem. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hundred kind of slots. No mention of the pros on the website. Nothing to do on the website. Okay, so then we're looking at Thorsten's try rating, and he's got all the pros, and we've got Craig Alexander. We've got Paul Matthews is, is rated so is first. Uh, I mean, he's good. He's, he's a very solid Australian, but I would have been surprised that you know he's been around for for a while that he's actually got a, a rating that's higher than than Crowey, Marino, and Dirk. So you have got Paul Matthews, yeah, Craig Alexander, Marino, Dirk Bockel. I don't know if Cam Brown's racing or not, but his name is down on the list. David Dallow and another one of note here Michael Weiss uh, who won Cozumel and a lot of people aren't too happy about him coming back after his uh, drugs ban uh, Luke McKenzie Mike Aragos so it's a pretty solid field you what know, do you think about Luke McKenzie? Um, I'm not sure if he uh, he had an amazing Kens last year and an amazing, had, Kona. An amazing Kona um, it just depends if he's going to put all his eggs in one basket and really try to be on for, for Kona or, and try to win it or if he's you know, just trying to have a good good solid season. I kind of think that in this field there's some bloody amazing bikers. You know, you've got um, Dirk Bockel in there, Marino and McKenzie. Who, Philip Graves. Who, who will all be out of the swim pretty much together. And then uh, and then you're going to have Michael Weiss probably riding through from the field who's a weak, weaker swimmer, so whether guys can jump on his wheel or not. So I think for, for Crowey uh, and Brownie, this, if he's racing, that's going to create a real challenge. They're going to need to have a great swim and then hang on if they can on the bike. Uh, they'll probably r- they'll run some time out of those guys, but but how much? So, yeah, yeah it should be a really good race, actually. So, so a couple of interesting things for me on the men's side of the race. Duke Bockel came out of Kona very despondent this year. Mm. You know, he was he was kind of down in the dumps, wasn't he? And um, so it'd be interesting to see if he's got mojo for this race. Yes. Um, that would be interesting to see. Also, was Luke McKenzie just a flash in the pan last year? You know, and like, like, like I think the question needs to be asked because traditionally he was kind of the guy who would have the occasional good race and then kind of blow a lot. And then last year it just had an absolute blinder in Kona. Like, couldn't have gone better. Well, obviously could have won the thing, but, you know, the way he raced the race was bloody awesome. But also last year it seemed like Kona, but nobody fired. It was, mm. it was a funny year last year in well, Kona. It was very odd. Yeah, so does McKenzie... You know, do you think he has the ability to back it up and now live in this place where he is one of those top tier guys? He's got to get that run sorted out. You know, like on on try ratings, his run is is uh, rated a three oh nine. So that, that's because he's blowing so much. Yeah, that's so his his run last year was good, a good steady run. And as you said, you know, things are just blown so much to pieces on the bike that he was able to hang tough. So I my my gut says he's not going to win this race, but. Again, you wouldn't be surprised. He's such a strong, a strong swim biker. Who knows? So it's a pretty, pretty hard one to pick. I, th- I think I'm going to go with Dirk Bockel if he's in, if he's in shape. I think that's what I'll put money on. Be interesting to see how Marino goes. He hasn't got any. Quite a few guys here are pretty desperate for points. You know, you got Marino, who's probably going to have no points because he didn't do Kona last year. Dirk Bockel, he bombed out in Kona last year as well. Um, David Dallow didn't have much of a season last year either. So some guys will be pretty, um, pretty desperate for some points. It's interesting. Elanos isn't doing it. He raced Abu Dhabi. Yeah, no, but still, he won this last year. Yeah. You think he'd want to come back and defend his title? Mm, maybe he wanted to win Abu Dhabi and put a, put everything into that. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. No. no. Guy Crawford's doubling up. Oh, Guy Crawford. There's a few guys. There's a few guys who are doubling up from Ironman New Zealand. Daniel Hawksworth's down there as well. Philip Graves. Guy Crawford. 
And then you've got a couple of um, interesting ones. That, Dan Brown, the author. Yes, yeah. He's coming out and doing it. Uh, you've got Peter Robinson, Robinson in there. Who knows what the hell he's going to do. Has he actually done any good in long course yet? No, no. So he's just a, an enigma. He could he could just get in there. He could win the thing. You know, he's that kind of uh, uh, highly, highly unlikely. I'd love it if he did, but. Yeah. But that would be cool. It would. He's, he's, so for those of you who don't know Peter Robinson, and I don't really know him that much either, but always I remember was he did the Commonwealth Games one year. Where, was it Carter felt won the gold that year? Yeah. And who there was a Kiwi, was it Bevan yeah. got, did he get a medal? Yep. He got silver, did he? Uh, silver, bronze, I think maybe. Yeah. And Peter Robbo, so the, the, like I, I've never really watched much short course in, the, in, you know, ever really, but Commonwealth Games, so I'm watching the race, and it's Peter Robinson. He's just this bloody short, dark-haired Australian guy. And he just from the start of the run, he'd sprint off, yeah, and then slow down. And they catch him up, and he'd sprint off again, and he'd slow down. It was like a yo-yo the whole bloody run. And then he, I think he blew. If he got off the bike in a reasonable bunch here, you know, he's probably the kind of guy who would go through halfway and, and one fifteen or something <laughs> like that, and then and then run two hours twenty on the second lap. <laughs> who knows? Uh, highly unlikely. But he was a hugely successful athlete, oh, wasn't he? Yeah, two or three time world champion. Wow. Yeah. No, he was. He was. Uh, so he just pulls out, was he? Hmm. He, he said he had so much red line in him and, you know, he'd just go for it and then if he blew up, he'd, he'd blow up and that, that was it. But he had he had a number of very, very good races. And so I imagine when you're racing him, he'd just break people, wouldn't he? Because, mm. mm. you know, like he'd just go to that red line and people are like, bugger this and oh, yeah. mentally give up. Yeah. And the other one to note in here is Courtney Atkinson and he is also comes from a short course background, very, very strong athlete, but he has had some success at long course. So... He could be certainly one to watch because he'll be there after the swim and he'd be a great runner and just if he can keep up with some of those guys on the bike, he could be uh, seriously one to watch. Girl side of things, Caroline Stephen, we've got a pretty good field here. Caroline Stephen, Mary Beth Ellis, Batman, Keith. I think it'll be a two-horse race. It should be a really good two-horse race between Caroline Stephen and Mary Beth Ellis. Probably likely be together after the swim and whether Caroline Stephen's got a big... Uh, Big game going on the bike like she did a few years ago. Um, if they come off the bike together, you'd certainly put a lot of money on Mary Beth to, to, to take her on the run. But having said that, their run rating is the same. four seconds difference, both rated at 3.14. Um, so, yeah, be a, it should be a really interesting race. Try ratings has it, Caroline should be coming in 10 minutes before Mary Beth, but I would predict it's going to be a little bit closer than that. And also what will be really interesting is both these guys come out of or came out of the team TBB set up. Uh, last we heard, Mary Beth was still involved in the in the team. Caroline's now being mentored by Mecca. Mecca. So it'd be interesting to see if that's sparked the fire there a little bit. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Should be a good race. It's championship race. It's you know we should have some good head to heads there, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. What was the prize money? Do you remember? Was uh, we'll go into that later on when I go through oh, the prize money. Research. Okay. Yes. Oh, it's 125,000. I get ahead of myself. Mm. I get myself. Okay, John's ITU update. First round of the World Cup, so that's a second tier race, uh, and what they're doing with quite a few second tier races now, they're making them sprint distance, so a sprint distance race in Malulaba, and yeah. Is that good? I think so, you're going to get the same result, especially on these flatter courses, like Malulaba's got a bit of a bump in it, pretty confident you're going to get a very similar result in a sprint as you would in an Olympic, and you're going to get more people watching it, you're more likely to get more elites doing it, it just takes a little bit less out of you, and so they're more likely to do that as a, as a double up, you know, they might. so they had Malulabar last weekend, this weekend you've got um, New Plymouth, uh, and then you've got Auckland. And that's so second tier as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it's World Cup, so trying to get people to, and to is do that, more races. And is that sprint? Sprint, yep. New Plymouth? Yep, New Plymouth oh, is a sprint. So okay. I think you, in general you're going to get a, a very similar result. What are the sprint distances? 750 swim, 20k bike, 5k run. 
I and so it's over and done within sort of 55 to 60 minutes and I think also for the TV audience you're more likely to get people watching an hour package than is it than still hours. just a run race uh, this one a lot of the time it is yeah, yeah. Girls, girls race they had you know three different packs going there um, but yeah it's to a large degree a so what race. happened in the race uh, we had Gwen Jorgensen from the States you know she was the most dominant runner last year take out the girls race and uh, Mola from where's he from? Uh, is he from Portugal? Oh, wait a second, isn't he from X Files? Yeah, that's it. Isn't it Scully and Mola? Wasn't it? Mulder. Wasn't oh, it? I never yeah. watched it. Yeah. So he took out the race. He's actually been training in Christchurch. So, oh, really? Uh, they've, they've got in the guys' race. I think it was first, second, fourth, and ninth or something. They're all church at the moment with. Joe Filio, who we might be getting on the show in the next couple of weeks. Oh, who's Joe Filio, John? He's coach. Yeah, but uh, he used to be. He worked with Simon Whitfield at one stage, and he's just got uh, a good stable of athletes and not sort of affiliated to any national body. You know, just doing his own gig, a lot like um, what Brett Sutton did, a lot like what Darren Smith is doing. So there, um, I'll be interested to talk to him. So hopefully, we're going to get him on the show in the next couple of weeks. Oh, good times. Um, is he coming to the studios? Uh, not sure. <laughs> I'm not I'm not bringing him here onto this bloody thing, so that's your pressure. I'm not going to invite him around here for an interview unless we get his microphone sorted out. Okay, consider it done, John. But done this week? Maybe on Friday. <sighs> I don't like maybes. Maybe, maybe. North Van competition, John. We're going to competition. He's not committing to that, is he? <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving on. I move on. Uh, North Van comp, what's the story? So Blue 70, in association with the North Man race, have got a free entry sort of competition to go in the race so you need to go we'll have a link on our site you can also find it on um, Facebook or Blue 70 we'll have it on blue70.com and you basically submit a photo you know a funny sort of photo and uh, a few little reasons why you should get the entry and then uh, you go in the draw to go to go to Norseman which always sells out and very very difficult to get into you've got plenty of time to train for it one probably Debatably, the most unique long course triathlon in the world. I have to admit, if anything was, was going to get me back into doing a long distance triathlon, it would be something like that. Mm. You know, just the craziness of it. Cool. You jump out, you go out in the middle of a bloody fjord, and the picture on here is all these guys inside the ferry putting their wetsuit on. It's pitch black, and you jump out, and then you bike all over, flipping mountains here, there, and everywhere, and then you run up a mountain uh, to finish. Pretty cool. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, they yeah, fast walk. <laughs> Not much running. <laughs> no, fast walk. I did the brute burn years ago, and I remember thinking, I'm going to run this whole thing. And the other parts, there was no running happening. No. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was pretty strong back in those days. Yeah, it's still not happening. Uh, so, Bevan and John, we were, we were famous in Europe now, John. We are. We were on did Eurosport. Did you get all that fan mail? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. So I was, I was going to put this in because I thought it would be repeated again. It was, it'll be repeated, actually, almost as we're recording oh. in the next couple of hours. So it was on uh, Eurosport. So if you didn't see it, How'd you know that? Out. Somebody posts on our Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So there you go. John and Bevan doing the commentary on Challenge Warnica. You give us crap now. We always give other people crap. Yeah. You say you guys don't. You can't criticise anybody. You guys are crap. No, you guys are amazing. You guys have set the bar higher. <laughs> yeah, that's what you say. I want a second chance. I need a second chance that we can do better. You, you, yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're newbies. Yeah. No, give it, give it some time. Must try harder. Must try harder. We'll kick ass next time. Yeah. Um, Coffees of Hawaii John sponsor Bevan We're both going to Kona this year And I believe you're going to go For a bit of a tiki tour afterwards And you're going to have A bit of Maui action Are you? We're, we're, we're deciding we're, So basically what's happening Is Joe's going to turn up 
on the Friday before the race because mm-hmm. I said, you've got to come see the race. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't need to go to the race. I said, babe, you've got to – it's such a cool experience. So mm-hmm. she's going to come over on the Friday. We're going to spend a couple of days and then we're going to leave Monday. So I'll be working pretty much and then Sunday we'll probably wrap up. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Sunday night, probably a big night. Yeah. And then uh, – Yeah, go big, along. Big night. And then uh, we probably go to the party this year, eh? Because we've got the chicks there. It should there. be a challenge. That's our big challenge of the week, getting six tickets for the, the oh, yeah, likely. party. Yeah, I know. There's ways. Yeah. Someone will have to hook us up. Yeah. Um, fuel belt. They normally do the party, don't they? They did, yeah. We'll give them some love on the show. It's not, not caseless anymore. It's fuel belt and I think it might have been Zood. Was it? Yeah, I think so. We could give them some love. Those, those parties are always good times. So then the party, uh, and then we, we're going to leave Kona on the Monday morning, go back to Honolulu. Mm-hmm. And we're not sure. We've got 11 days. So we're kind of like, do you go somewhere else or do you spend it all in Honolulu? Oh, you don't spend it all in Honolulu. You don't? No. Okay, we're going to Maui, John. Why don't you go from uh, Kona over to Maui and then over to Honolulu that way? Well, we could. Mm. Do you know what? Island hop. Do you know what I do? Yeah. I'm not camp coordinator. There you go. I'll pass it on. Because you're a camp coordinator, aren't you? To a large degree. Do you, does Belinda help at all? No. <laughs> so you are. She chooses the seats on the plane. <laughs> That's about it? Yeah. So I'm, I'm your Belinda. Yeah. Yeah. I go, yeah. oh, yeah, good work, babe. Thought. Give a bit of a rub of the shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Just say thanks for your work. So anyway, so you... Well, yep. I, fig- I figured you should go to Maui. Okay, so I was going to tell you about your Maui coffee. You've got two sorts of Maui coffee. Oh, I've set myself a challenge here. There's, uh, well, there's, a, there's a couple of names there. I don't, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do much on the pronunciation. I, I think I can pronounce the 100% Maui mocha. A very pronounced taste with the subdued acidity, complex wine, and chocolate tones. Described as nutty, multi, spicy, and exotic. These small beans yield a superbly aromatic and unique flavour. Don't be delivered. Uh, don't be deceived by their small size. It's a, it's a good one, John. I've also got another Maui coffee there that I can't read, so it's a great one. Get on there, coffeesofwaii.com. Just try something from every island. They've got You can get some Hilo stuff, not that Hilo's an island, but you can get some Kona coffee, some Maui coffee. You could do the, you could take get, get a sample bag of everything for Joe, and then you can do your tour of the islands, and you can decide which island you want to go to based on how good the coffee was from each that, place. That's a brilliant idea. I'm mm. going to do it, John. Okay. Consider it done. Go for it. Go for it. Albert, okay. sort it out. Sort it out, Albert. <laughs> coffeesofwire.com you want the promo codes go to imtalk.me and we've got them all on there if you're ever in doubt email them not us <laughs> <laughs> coffees of Hawaii guys check it out best coffee in the world okay last week's discussion of the week John is we had a good oh, we're struggling a, I haven't had a look at this did you not like it I know I just haven't had a look at it so you, you carry on okay so uh, last week's discussion of the week is uh, funny stories funny stories where is it? I'm just trying to throw up here. Bevan wants to know what the funny triathlon racing or training stories. That uh, It's a story that you share with your mates when you're out recalling your triathlon experiences. And this was kind of reasonably popular. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was the most popular of all time. Okay, well, I'm going to start with Phil Wilson. He's got, uh, there's a time I used my fist gloves in the pool uh, and connected with an old breast breaststroking lady mid-frog kick right between her thighs. Oh, yeah, it's not a good look. Good old Dave Fish, his first Ironman, 1982. A little over halfway on the marathon, stomach was upset. Laid on some grass in a field in the middle of nowhere. Woke a few minutes later to four old ladies setting up a card table right next to me. They had been going to the field to play cards for decades. We, we had a problem here but with John's back. What happened with the cards? 
Oh, he had it. Uh, Dave had a nice uh, sandwich. They gave him a nice sandwich. Got his tummy sorted out. I wished them luck in their card game, and they ran. Then ran on to the finish. Okay, Graham Stewart. Says John, I've got to say, John Belangels was just too long to read out. It was all about a guy pooing on a train in uh, in Poland. Okay, don't 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 write so long. <laughs> don't go and poo on trains in Poland. That's not a good idea. Graham Stewart been po- uh, posing poolside with my tri suit around my waist as you do. Time comes to get in and I get my cap on, my goggles on, etc. and dive in like Phelps. Problem was, the etc. did not include putting my side tri-suit on properly and it was now around my knees. Oh, that's always classic. That is classic. But I wondered, was he wearing togs? I don't know. Kevin Murray, just before I started one of my first pool-based sprint tries, I turned to look at the guy in the lane next to me to notice he was about to dive in whilst wearing his helmet and his, his swim trunks and his cycle helmet. I'm not sure how much time that would have saved him in transition, smiley face. Uh, his error was pointed out to him before he jumped in, which was a pity. John Ellis, I was doing a race years ago. The swim was a triangular course starting at the tip of the triangle. Anyway, I was halfway along the second leg and I was several hundred metres along from any turn. The next minute, someone went past going the other way. Holy cow, did it freak me out as he was within a metre of hitting me head on. To this day, I don't know where he came from or where he was going. I did have some serious sighting for the next few strokes to make sure that I was on the course. I was on course, but man, was I freaked out for the rest of the swim. I do wonder how many people have had a head on with whoever it was. Mm. There was one I can't find on here, but it was a guy that, uh, he was at a race and there was a guy riding next to him and he, I think he'd forgotten his bike shoes and was just riding on top of his pedals and they just sort of had a bit of a chat and then he, he met the same guy at another race, you know, a, a while later, same deal, he'd forgotten his bike shoes again. Anyway. This one I read earlier. Was it? I wasn't yeah. listening, I was focusing on... Uh, but I didn't read it on the show because we had a problem. It was oh, Robert Breeling. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Good work, Robert. Uh, here's a good one. Um, uh, Alexandro Esquibo. Eskibar, he's got training in the middle of winter, got ready, my trainer ready, movie playing, got dressed, got on the trainer for a two-hour session. About 90 minutes into the session, I realised I had my helmet on. Oh. So he was so ready to go for a bike where I put his helmet on, so I did the session. It's pretty dangerous out here, luckily I've got my helmet on. God. Uh, I was about to come out, come off the swim in I'm in Texas, this is from Lucy Francis, a few years ago, um, went to my amazement, I noticed the swimmer next to me was wearing a snorkel. The lake had nil visibility, so not sure what he was expecting to see. Maybe he didn't like breathing to the side. Finds it easier to breathe with snorkel. You're not allowed to wear a snorkel, are you? I don't know. Probably not. I wouldn't have thought so. That's not swimming. No. Well, it's still swimming. You've got to swim. It just means you don't have to turn your head to the side to breathe. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? Uh, it's tr- it is a bit tricky. Because it's still going to rotate some- your head, aren't you? A little bit as you're moving. Yeah. Put a neck brace on. <laughs> 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 That would, be, that, would be, that would be tricky. <laughs> Nick Brace. <laughs> French Talker came out of T1 ready to jump on the bike and put on an honest 40k. For speed, my shoes were already clipped in. Just as I'm about to jump on, I look down thinking something looks odd. Finally work out that I've got a left shoe on the right pedal and the right shoe on the left pedal. I had to stop in front of 100 people and swap them over before heading off like a scolded cat. Now my shoes have a left and right painted on the sole so I don't do it again. Did you read Phil Wilson's, the very first one? Um... It was this time I used my fist gloves in the pool and connected with an old breaststroking lady mid-frog yes, kick I did right between it. her thighs. Yeah, that's a good fit. Um, right. That'll do. Oh, do one more, John. Okay. Um, did you do uh, Phil Wilson's? 
Sorry. <laughs> Funny guy. Yeah. Uh, fine, nice. Oh, Chrissy McKinlay was trying to be a comedian. Uh, this one, read seven. This time I thought it would be hilarious to try running a marathon after an open water swim and six hours plus on the bike. Oh, funny. Sasha Johnson, my first try, got into the first uh, turn of the boy and the swimmer realised that I didn't know how to turn. It never occurred to me to practice turning in the pool. <laughs> that is a good yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to be turning around. A few years later, my boss decided to do a try. The swim was the same place as my first try. I recommended that he practice the turning. However, his swim went the opposite direction as mine, so he practiced turning the wrong way. Oops. It's something you never think about, is it? It's not. No, no. Although turning's not that hard. It's not. It is if you're getting slammed by 10, 10 15 people and then you don't, you haven't really given it to There is that sort. kind of pressure of the turn, mm. isn't there? If you're ever worried about that, Bit of shoulder. Start, on, smash start on the outside and then you can swim around the outside and you, know, you swim an extra 10, 15 metres, but sometimes it can be worth it not to take a pounding on the inside of the boy. John, what's your funniest story? Um, I was trying to think of stuff before. I did find it pretty entertaining when I raced Kona in 2005. And I was pretty much blown to smithereens and I was coming back uh, past the airport and at that stage a few girls, uh, Natasha Badman passed me about then, you know, smiling, says, keep going, good stuff. Did she say that to you? Yeah, I was like, far out, man. I was going backwards like you wouldn't believe. Me and Brent Sheldrake were. Where'd she get that year? Uh, she was either first or second. She got second. Michaeli Jones won. I th- no, I think she ran Michaeli Jones down. Did she win? Michaeli Jones got. 2005, did she win? She either got first or second. Wow. She did. And she came past on that cheetah bike and just. She was like a metronome, you know? She was just. Oh, so she passed you on the bike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, John. Yeah. And then, but then she must. Then she got a drafting penalty. Is that 10 years ago? Because. She would have been checked back in those days. Oh, I was having a pretty rough day. Uh,. That was yeah. She passed me at the airport, and then she must absolutely crushed the last section because I, I was blowing as well. And she must have had a drafting penalty because I was coming out of uh, the, by the pier, and you run up, you start running up Palani just a little bit, and then you hang a right onto Kuakini, and going up there, everybody's screaming and yelling, like, "Yeah, go, go, go!" And I'm thinking, "Yeah, why are they all cheering for me?" And then <laughs> Natasha Badman was uh, 20 meters behind me, and I, I can't remember what mile pace I was looking to run, but it was it was. I think I was going to try to run sort of three-hour pace. Yep. And she just gassed me. And I'm looking at my watch going, I'm on three-hour pace. And she was just killing me in the first couple of miles. Really? She was, yeah. I remember you talking about it. I remember you saying how mm. – and because she, she was a high turnover and she was just like – Yeah, she was gone. And, and, but, the, yeah, the, that, that happened about then. Also, Ken Glar passed me about then. This was what I thought was quite entertaining. He passed me and the, he also said, get me going. And then – a few metres, a minute or so later, I was sort of just behind him and he just basically chunders off the side of his bike. But, you know, normally if you were chundering, you'd sort of pull over to the side and you'd slow down and sit up and get it all out. He basically stayed on his aero bars and I think he basically kept pedalling as well and just it was just like a matter-of-fact thing, just... <laughs> and then just he just kept on riding. It was like nothing happened. I thought that was pretty entertaining. And then... Problem for us is we've told all our funny stories, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Cheryl, my Cheryl Crow story is not really a triathlon story. I'm not going to tell that again now. But I will tell that again one day. A few pooing stories. Yeah, pooing in your wetsuit. Yeah, pooing <laughs> in my wetsuit. I've told my other poo story, haven't I? Mm, probably. Yeah. Um, my other poo story is the gold story. No matter where I am in life, I tell this story, I get gold laughs. Yeah. And I've, I've perfected it. You know how you have a story and you know the pauses. And yeah, yeah. So the, I'd say the other poo story, the, the getting passed by a superhero in the marathon, oh, yeah. that broke my heart. Yeah. I told that story? Yeah, you must have. <laughs> you just don't want to hear my stories. <laughs> We've got one hour to finish the show. <laughs> so what happened was... <laughs> um, we'll have to have a few funny stories from Kona this year. Funny stories? 
It's a tough one, isn't it? I love seeing uh, guys when they're about to get passed by chicks or kids putting in the bit of the surge. And you see them oh, sprinting yeah. and just pretending that they're not putting any more effort in. Yeah, doing the hidden. Yeah. Okay, this week's question. Go on, Jombo, what do we got here? Uh, well, yeah, this is an okay one. I wouldn't say it's a raging hot uh, all-time best. If you, you, This is probably possibly more targeted at, at your, uh, the American listeners. If you're a WTC regular, you know, you only do 70.3s or Ironmans and that wasn't you, you, you're, nice. very, you're very loyal to them. What would it take for you to go and do you know, non-WTC events? You know, in terms of you know, challenger coming to the to, to the states now. So, what are the what are the things they would need to do? Can I can I suggest you? another question? Uh, do this one. You save yours for next week. Who's from Roland Young? It's not from me. You can, yeah, we'll get, you send it through, and we'll do it next week. Okay, well, I don't think we get many answers for you. Oh, I think so. Right. I think we will. Okay, predict how many you'll get. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's so many. We've had less. <laughs> Eight, okay. Yeah, 20, what do we have this week? 29? Yeah, 29. And that was a pretty of a weak question. Yeah, so. I'll go for eight. eight. You've hit the bar high. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This, uh, and also, what's happened with the plane? It could be, give us your theories on the yeah. plane. That's yeah. a weird one. John and I were talking about that before the show, weren't we? Yeah. What's your theory? I think the latest theory where he was aligned to, had strong feelings towards a political situation. So, but where do you think it is? Do you think it's down or do you think they've taken it somewhere? It yeah, I think it is. It's down. Off Australia. So he's in the water somewhere? Yeah. Is that what you think? I don't know. Oh. I, I haven't followed it that closely, but it's strange, man. Very odd. It's strange. Mm. Because the thing is, the thing that's doing my head around it is that no one's claiming it. Yeah. You know? Normally if stuff like that happens, some terrorist group will put out their hands like, yep, it's us. It's the Russians. They're trying to keep the... Crimea situation on the down low. What's happening there? See, I'm not very up with current news. Oh, come on, let's push off. We're not watching the news. You know I'm what on, I do? I'm on a schedule today, Bevan. I'm war stuff, do you know what to do? Fast what? forward. Yep. Because there's always some war somewhere in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, John, do you want me to push on through, do you? Yeah, we've got to push on through. I've got to get out of here. Okay. I'm well, not on the rush straight away, but... I'm going to put some music on. Okay. Here we go. Age Gripper of the Week. Okay, and this week's Age Gripper of the Week was sent through from... It was sent through from... Scott Richdale. Yep, but first up, this week's Age Gripper of the Week, when I opened up Facebook this morning to go onto our own talk page, it goes onto my, what is it, feed, timeline or feed or whatever. First picture up is our Age Gripper of the Week, Quentin Fogarty, who was getting married. Probably got married last weekend. It was his photo from the weddings? It was photo... I don't know if he's got a kid or not, but it was with a little with a young child. And oh. He's changed the profile picture. Oh, lovely. Well, Quentin Fogarty is our age group of the week, and who sent it through? It was from Scott, Scott Richdale. He's got Quentin debuted uh, at Ironman Taupo in 2010 with an 11.05, and then managed a 9.54 finish in 2011 and a 9.55 in 2013. Both... He would have been very close in 2013, I think 9.50 qualified for Kona, so he would have been close. Both results solid, but still 10 to 15 minutes away from that possible Kona slot. Aging up to the 35 to 39 age group this year was meant that a slightly easier path to his goal for qualifying for Kona. So he thought. So he thought. Little did he know how quick he would need to go to get the slot. His first attempt in 2014 slot was at Auckland 70.3 in January, where a certain John Newsom was also on the start line looking for one of those coveted slots. After a very impressive day at the office, Quinton managed to pass John late in the run to move into third place in fourth in four hours, 10 minutes and 29 seconds. Only 18 seconds from the Kona slot. Boy, how close can you get? I will say that 
he must, I think he rode 214 up there, so it was pretty impressive. And then going on to the run, he got a little bit of, oh, he, he was in the pack that caught me on the run. And coming off the bike, he must have got a little bit of a lead on me. I think I stuffed up, so I dropped my shoe in transition, I had to go back and get That's it. That's right, you did too. And so he was, he was leading early in the run, and I was started mowing him down. I passed him at about the 3K mark. Just see your history, buddy. You're, <laughs> you're gone. But see just, you later, amateurs. The pros are coming to town. And I just passed him, but then my bloody watch clicked for 3Ks, so I started walking, and he, he thinks I've blown up. He goes, come on, buddy, keep it going. Uh, like, part of the plan. And I went then ran, ran and past him. But then him. the plan blew up at the end. And I ran past him. I had a nice, big, healthy lead on everybody, and then uh, exploded, and he, he passed me with um, maybe a K to go, something like that. That ripped your undies? It did. Probably ripped his more though because he didn't qualify either. Undeterred, Quentin got stuck into his training over the next six weeks to arrive at Taupo fit and ready to attempt a number two. Attempt a number two? Attempt, exactly. <laughs> attempt number two at the Kona uh, 2014 slot. His day turned to be something very special indeed and can only be described as exceptional. A solid 57.27 swim was followed by a very nice 504.27 bike and a perfectly paced 3.11.29 run for a finishing time of 9.20.01. His time was a 35-minute PB, good enough for fourth in his age group and most importantly, the Kona slot. Quinn has always been a great training partner, dedicated trainer, and overall nice guy. He deserves his Kona slot more than anyone, and is a, or more than most, and is a worthy age group of the week. That is impressive, because it's one thing, you know, like you look at his first year, and you go, okay, first year, 11.05, you know, and, and that's often the case, for, and it's, you know, for people who are fit and, you know, do a good first race. To knock an hour off the second year is really good. Mm-hmm. Then that third year, you know, you've made most of your gains, mm. you know, you've kind of a bit more experience, so... You know, your third year, you sit in a similar place, hasn't had much progress, then to come back and knock 35 minutes off, that's significant. It is. That is massive. And often, that time that he did, would win the age group and win it quite comfortably. Yep. But he was only managed uh, fourth place. So wait, so you got second? I got second. Who won? Uh, I got Justin Kerr. I didn't realise how close I was. I was only end up um, a minute, about a minute and a half behind. Week, week on that run uh, and the bike. Could you if looking back on your race? No, oh, if I hadn't biked like a dork, I would have uh, would have been fine. But biked like a bit of a dork. But that was bad decisions, wasn't it? It was poor decisions. Well, and, and, my, and my run was um, was not up to scratch either. But yeah, I couldn't put anything else out on the day. I put my best effort forward. Uh, so yeah, so oh, I saw you were on an interview on another podcast. Oh yeah, that's right. You cheating on me, Coach Jeff? Yeah, so, Coach Jeff podcast. Yeah, you don't want to talk to me. Oh, I would, mate, if you wanted to. I, I listened to about your race for you only two hours. You glaze over every time we talk about Project 2014. <laughs> so, man, I, just hang, I just hang out with my computer for 10 minutes while I talk about it. I check goes out Reddit. Goes and has a coffee. <laughs> goes for a crap. <laughs> comes back. I kind of just hear you talk about the last part. You know, I know I come back in the room. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so what, the 35, 39. Actually, and then Pod got third. Pod got third. And then Quentin got fourth. So how far was Phil and behind Quentin? Only a minute 20. And Phil and was on. On five, Did he get fifth or sixth? Uh, Phil and Ada got fifth, and there was only four spots. So Quentin would have been sweating a little bit if he'd known what was going on. There was it was likely there was going to be four slots. So it was definitely three, probably four, outside chance of five, but it was predicted to be four. So he got the. The fourth slot, but then it did it rolled either one or two places. So how much did you beat Quinton by? Uh, f- about four minutes, or just under four minutes. So his splits: fifty-seven swim, five oh four on the bike, and three eleven run. Pretty balanced race. Nine twenty oh one, twenty-first overall. 
no, twenty uh, first male, twenty third overall, and fourth in the age group. And he's off to Kona, and he got married. Yeah, he, he was getting married. It must have been last weekend. I think he, he was getting married two weeks afterwards. He was in the the line behind me at the the hand over your cash for entry. And for Kona. Uh, yep. Your thousand dollars. Thousand and seventy. Thousand and seventy. Got the credit card statement yesterday. Did you? Mm. Did hurt. Did hurt a bit. Thousand bucks. Yeah. 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 Then you hate it when you got like I remember once having to go to the bank and I had to pay my tax because I'm self-employed, so you, you don't get it like PAYE. And uh, and it was something like thirty grand, and mm. I had to get cash. It was God knows why I had to get cash. <laughs> I can't remember why, but I remember just thinking I could skip the country with this. You know, thirty k is a lot of money. Yeah, give it to the government. Help pay for those roads, John. That's exactly. what I'm doing. Okay, we'll go, Quentin. Quentin Fogarty, you are our age, age group of the week. week. Okay, sponsor John Athlinks Mini Race Prep Race Reports. Oh, so so you get a long or mini. Well, it's just a quick way to have a little race report if, um, to stay on top of things. So I don't know, the Ironman New Zealand results are now up on Athletics for you Kiwis. doesn't look like that many people have claimed things yet. But, you know, I just went on there just so you get a little reminder of how you went and you can basically click on the right-hand side of the result and you can basically firstly help rate the event. So I gave uh, Ironman New Zealand... It's four stars out of five for overall event, execution four out of five, course layout four out of five, city and venue four out of five, swag and award. You're pretty harsh. Really? What would have been five out of five? Wow. What's, the, what's the five out of five? Well, if you course layout, you know, you need a unique course, I think, to get a five out of five. And Taupo's, I quite, I, the course was actually better than I remembered, but, you know, a Norseman or something like that, you might give a five out of five. Okay. But so whatever. Four is yeah. pretty hard. I'm, I'm usually... No, 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 you're hard. a hard ass. That's what I said. Um, I said you're pretty hard. I gave him three out of five for swag. I would have liked to give him three and a half for swag. And a, well, actually, I should What'd give What did you get for swag? Um, well, it was... You got a drink bottle. <laughs> uh, you got a finishes t-shirt. And you get a medal. You got a medal. And you got a little backpack. But you had to go and collect your little backpack from the Ironman tent. They kind of had a little hook in there. Uh. So you got a little card and your thing going to get your piece of memorabilia. And you had to go to the Ironman tent to try to get you to buy all the Ironman stuff. Uh. I don't know why they did that. But did I, you get a backpack? I did get my backpack. And it was okay. So I pro- probably should. The awards center was actually really good. I'm going to change that to a four. Here we go. Change four. Crowd and atmosphere. Well, what, what, what would you need for a five? Um, For, you know, we're not comparing us to you know, some corporate event. You'd probably want to have a, you know, the, the awards was fantastic, but maybe you'd have a big, uh, maybe then you get abandoned afterwards and get it really rocking. So no, you have a bit of a party you know why? there. Why? No one hangs around. Everyone wants to, wants to, everyone wants to go home. Uh, People go to their own areas. Do you think everyone's going to hang out in that big tent and dance? It's not a tent anymore, it's inside. Oh, where is it? Yeah, it's at the event centre. Yeah, too big a space. I disagree. So that's what they need to do. Five. If they do it next year. I'll give them a five. Okay. Not that I'm racing, but <laughs> you're pretty. Crowd and atmosphere. Are. Actually, I'm going to change that to a five because the crowd and atmosphere was outstanding. <laughs> Changing. <laughs> and then, uh, then you so you can basically rate the event in the course, and then you so can, overall. Well, mostly fours and one five. So four point five. Well, no, because I've got one, two, three, four, five. It'd be What's the best race you've ever been to? What race would you give a five? So not, Kona, New Zealand's better than Kona. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yes. the, the race is five. Yeah. Because you've got the, the iconic and the history. The pizza and drags it down. <laughs> pizza drags it down. So at the finish in Kona, we've probably talked about it before. You basically get a piece of pizza and an ice cream. That's, uh, and then you just, you're roasting out. They're just raining dominoes like half an hour before the finish. Guys, we need some pizzas. Can I please have 500 pepperonis? <laughs> it is. Same thing happens every year. It really is. Uh, I don't know if I've had a five out of five race. 
probably the House Travel Triathlon Festival. Oh, of course. Of course, the race you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, and then you can rate yourself in the performance as well. So I gave myself two stars for performance, four stars for nutrition. I was pretty happy with my nutrition. I'm actually going to go down to two stars for sleep. My sleep was woeful the days leading into that mm-hmm. race. Training, uh, three stars, and then you can say with how important it was, whether it was a peak, whether it was a training day, whether it was a test event, and then you can have a couple of tags with you. Uh, I tag injured and pacing as my things that did not go quite so well. And then uh, you can write a little comment. So it's just another way, keep a little record of um, what happened on the race, or you can keep a big record on the race. I've got plenty of space where you can write extra stuff. So keep all your things updated on athletics and your records of all your races and New Zealand finishes the results are up John Bevan as a coach mm-hmm. why is post race important so then you can go back and you can remember the good things and often people we're very harsh on ourselves and uh but there's always some good things. So whilst I had a lot of things I wasn't happy about with the race, you know, this has gone, I've gone through and so well, there were a number of good things and then you want to remember those things. My nutrition went, went really well and so I've got to, I want to document that somewhere, excuse me, what I did uh, and, and why it went well and then think about the areas that, that didn't go so well. So I wasn't um, overly happy with my run but there were certain aspects of the run that went really well. I don't know, it's just a great, you, know, you can forget things pretty pretty quickly. You want to remember the good stuff and remember the bad stuff you need to work on. Nice. How's, uh, how's your dig, dig or whatever you bloody look <laughs> no, like? No, I'm going. doing my nicknames to be honest. Oh, I didn't even see your text last well, night. Because you arrived up on time. Because you got to be 6.50. I thought, oh, he'll be here at 7. And then I had to sort of the mic span stand. Yeah, it took, took about <laughs> two seconds. <laughs> no, it took me 10 because I tried to use a sellotape at first and that didn't oh. work. And so I was like, oh, You're like, sweating, you know, John's not going to be happy with me. No, so I was like, I'm going to get these nickname does. I thought, you know what I thought? I thought I'd do the nicknames when he's doing Project 24. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cock. <laughs> 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 okay, so um, what do we got next? Coaches. Coaches. Corner. Corner. Thanks okay. to. Slow Twitch and also Tim Hemming from the... Is Slow Twitch just all the best website? What's the best website right now? Yeah, Slow Twitch probably gets has probably the best stuff up there. Yep. Other yep. ones just get too jammed full of recipe of the month. As good as recipe of the month as it is and recipe of the week, <laughs> as good as that is. <laughs> now you're complaining And then they start it. putting up press releases and things like that and they're all... Uh, it's just PR. It's just PR, yep. So... Okay, John, Wild Coaches Corner. So last week I was asking you about prize money and I had a lot of questions around that and so what angle have you come at to this? The first, your first question was, we were, we were both wondering about Abu Dhabi as the money seemed to have gone down from the previous year and it had. Last year the overall pot was 230000 uh, The winners got 50000 and it paid ten deep this year uh, the overall pot went down to 193,000 the winners only went down to 40,000 but it only paid six deep and the cut the, the drop-off was quite quick the difference now, do, do I recall last year that they didn't actually pay the short course at all I think you recalled correctly or if they did it was was not much yeah, 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 it was not much at all. Whereas this year, short course winners get fifteen thousand each. So uh, the prize money's gone down a bit, and it's also taken more out of the long course and put it into the short course. So really, it's gone from two thirty. If if I am right, it's gone from two thirty for the race mm. for the long course down to one sixty. Take away the thirty that the winners got from the short course. Well, it's probably gone down even more because the short course get yeah, more short than that. Co- short course paid goes, as well goes down. I don't know how many places. Okay, so, so yeah, so you're probably looking about maybe one hundred and twenty. Yeah, thirty. Yeah. So, but a bit of a drop there, and that's reflected in the in the field. You know, forty thousand is a fantastic prize day relative to any other races in the world. But we know it drops to fifteen, and then it drops away quite quickly. So, who's backing it, John? Is there a big sponsor on the, the tourism? 
It would oh. have a tourism. Okay. I presume that's where they get most of Go to Abu Dhabi is basically what we want to say yeah. to support them. Yeah. So uh, Tim was saying, hard to prove a point here really that the investment in the event has been cut significantly. I'm not saying they're wrong to do this, just pointing it out. The claim is that some of the long course cash has been moved over the short course, but I think think about the Brownlee factor. So what Tim's sort of saying is, look, the, the prize money's gone down from 230 to 193, but perhaps they're still distributing 230, and that, that sort of 40K is maybe going to the Brownleys potentially mm. to get them to come over and race. When I typed in Abu Dhabi Triathlon before uh, just to find the website, the first thing that came up in terms of outside of the Abu Dhabi website was Brownleys take. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that's the news that was was going out there so it's the PR you get from having the Brownleys there yeah so yeah it's a, it says it's a strange and strange event in one way it's outstanding hospitality hotels set up for athletes is first class and they do fly heaps of them over at the same time you scratch your head asking what is it trying to achieve there is little local spectator interest it's a desert and the disparity between rich and poor in UAE is stark it's very much a rich kids playground as one local Juno Juno told me last year this is a closed roads event but it doesn't need to be the cycle the cycle they cycle down a six lane highway that is essentially connected Next, nowhere to nowhere, and no one ever uses it. So, um, so yeah, that was sort of my first take on Abu Dhabi. The prize money has gone down a bit, and that's why the field dropped down. You also asked about uh, the ITU, and I wasn't quite sure as to um, what the prize money was for, say, a Brownlee who was going there. And I went onto the ITU website, and the prize money is bloody good. The, the, um, so, for your standard. Uh, World Series race, World Championship Series race, 20,000 prize money for first, and it pays down to uh, either 20th or 30th. So, for example, in Auckland and Yokohama, it pays down to 30th. So, if you're finishing uh, 20th, you're still getting 1,000, and 21st through to 30th is getting 800. So, 30th, wow. 30th. So, those races you'll have uh, usually have 70 guys on the start line. So, it's the top tier. Yep. So yep. 70 guys on the start line at most races. So that's for most of the series. Then the grand finale, $30,000 for, for first place, and that pays down to 25th. So, for example, 20th through to 25th, a thousand. It goes uh, 30, 22, 16, 12. So this is all bigger than almost any Ironman around the world. Yep. Other than the championship But then the, the big hook at the end, which is why they get guys racing the series, is the bonus pool, $70,000 for first, and that pays all the way down to 35th, yep. 1500 So, you know, let's just take a, a Brownlee, for example. Um, they might do, do three races. They might do or four, three or four races. Let's say they do three, pick up 20 plus 20 plus 30 for the final, so 40, 70, and then pick up another 70 for the, the overall series, 140K for... Four, three or four races, pretty solid. Yeah, but then if you say, okay, let's say someone like Crowey on a good year, mm-hmm. Melbourne, what would you get in Melbourne? Uh, give me, give me a second. Okay, Kona, so. Kona's uh, one. I mean, to win Kona, it's yeah, but, but you know, but, one, yeah, one you're, you're comparing the top with the top. Yeah. I think definitely, if you take the top tier away, ITU athletes are better off because you know you can you can get 18th in a race and still pull a four grand. Yeah, and so you know, definitely, ITU's just miles ahead when it comes to anything after fifth, basically. Yeah, but um, but the number one and number two, number three in the world. If you basically you need to win Kona, I think to be yeah yeah like if you win Kona and oh I don't know like how much do you think Alanis made last year? Mm, uh, give me give me a second here. Um, tell me tell me about your life, Bevan. Oh, what all started in seventy seven? My mum, my dad, Gavin Isles, Lynn Isles. Yeah. They, dad was a bit of a bad boy. My mum went for the bad boy. So we got pregnant. Got the tough. 
<laughs> to my sister. No, bugger, I built life with this guy. And then a few years later, I popped out. Oh. And then it all changed for them. And everything just suddenly went right. So Kona, you get, here we go, right. Kona, you get 120K for first, and it pays down to 10,000 for, uh, did you like that synopsis of Bevan's uh, family life, Joe, or did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, good. What a beautiful. Uh, so 120 for first pays down to 10 grand for 10th. Uh, Melbourne, which is a championship race, yep. 25,000 for first and 2,000 for, for for eighth. So no, it doesn't pay anywhere near as deep. And so Alanos would have made about. So he would have he won about 75, 80 last year in prize money. Yeah, because he won two championship races. Didn't so he? it's uh, yep. So it's 50, and then he did okay. No, he didn't do any good in Kona, did he? Got like tenth no, or something no, like he that. Didn't do, didn't do anything great. Yeah. Whereas Freddie Van Laird, he would have got uh, 120. Yep. Plus he won Abu Dhabi, so that's another 50. So that's yep. 170, and then he and then he won Nice as well, which is probably a 75. Um, so what's what did I say? 120 plus. Uh, so he would have he would have won about 200. 200. 200. I don't yeah. know how much other. So he would have won more than what the top ITU guy would have won in prize money. Then the Brownies do other races, so I think it'll be comparable. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But, but if you're just saying they're going to stay in these worlds, yes. And so then, so they but, would get significantly more endorsements. Well, that's yeah. The Brownies would, mm. but that'd be all. Mm. Yep, uh, Brownies and Gomez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, that's that's my secret project for Kona. Remember? Yep. My secret project for Kona well, is. I think all you need to do is go and talk to Mac. He'll know exactly what the tiers are for sponsorship and stuff. Oh no, but I want to. I want to get a tier. I want to get an idea of. Talk to these pros off the record, and, and and you know just get them to be honest with me about how much money they make in a year and a split of what's what, and get to get the makers, get those guys. Like makers, obviously built this world around himself, so I'm sure he's making plenty of money. But but other people as well is that you know what does the guy who gets tenth and kind of make a year? Mm. What does the winner get? You know, can we get you know and do it anonymously so because people would like to be a bit private with their money, um, which is fair enough. But it'd be good to get that understanding. But the, I I totally agree with you that the ITU definitely look after athletes in a much better way. You're a, you're a mid picker in ITU. You do you know you do maybe five six because you probably race more if you're a mid picker to make your money. Oh, wouldn't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. So you let's say you let's say you're kind of guy who sits around fifteenth and you do six races, seven races. Well, you're going to pull off thirty forty grand. Mm. So plus everything's paid for. Your national federation will pay you a, a monthly salary. That won't be much, but, but it'll be a reasonable amount. Plus, they'll cover all your travel and stuff to events. So, And this is the thing, which is good about ITU, which really Ironman lacks, is that those guys can spend those years developing themselves. Mm. Like, sure, you are going to get the Brownlee who just kind of came along and kicked some ass, but there are guys who, you know, build towards their success and, mm. you know, do their apprentice almost, like, and in, in through the years they might be the person who's a star. And, Fortunately, they can survive in this world with the finances. Mm. So you're up and comers. They're often going to have to go and do uh, World Cup races and third tier races. The prize money at these events varies a little bit. But for example, in New Plymouth, which is a World Cup race coming up this weekend, uh, they've got sixty thousand dollars US prize purse, which is almost the same as Ironman New Zealand. I think Ironman New Zealand was seventy. Seven of something like that, seven and a half thousand for first only pays one hundred and fifty dollars for the fifteenth, but still better than nothing. But goes seven and a half, six, four and a half, three, two, and this is where you're going to find sometimes some of the top tier guys racing these, but often the sort of uh, middle of the packers sort of trying to to accumulate some more points, but still sixty grand. On, on ITU, they've got team racing now. You get seventeen and a half thousand if you oh, win. They have is a, that split? No, they have a. It is that they, that's when they have the ITU World Team Champs. And so you split that between your teammates. Yep. Oh, I guess it's actually not that good. Well, it'd be, it's a double up weekend. You have a 
a sprint race one day and then you have the team's race the next day. Okay. So it's worthwhile. You wouldn't rock up just for the team's race. Non Stanford, she's the top chick in the world right now. Mm-hmm. She won it last year. She did, yeah. yeah. So, and then you know, the one other race I had last weekend, Malulabat. Actually, I said it was a World Cup earlier. It's actually an Oceania Cup, which is your next tier down. And they don't have as much prize money, but still uh, 1,500 Australian for first and 500 Australian for fifth. Actually, they had a World Cup in Australia, and then they had a second race there as well, which was more for the development athletes, which was that one. Okay, so you've also linked to an article on SoTwitch around uh, Big Payday and High V. Uh, so Herbert, this was actually done around about this time last year. He basically went through and thought, well, where are the big races? Abu Dhabi, we've mentioned, that had, last year had 630,000 race. I'm in Melbourne and all the championship races, they have 125,000 uh, prize purse with the... Winners taking home. Do, do, do. Winners take home 12, uh, 25,000 at the regional championship races. Then your other big races you have, you've got uh, Koh Samui, which was on, I presume that's on again last year, that has $77,000. Interestingly, there, the uh, 77000 for the men, only 53000 for the women. Uh, interesting. And then you've got Rev3. So I didn't realise one of the Rev3 races has good money. That's only a half. That's got $100,000 prize money. Rev3 Quasi. And then you've got Frankfurt. Frankfurt. You've got your uh, Embra Man. Again, the good old Frenchies not uh, paying out even money. $76,000 for the men and (laughs) $44,000 for the women. Then you got another regional championship. And then the one other one they've got. Meta Man last year. I'm not sure if that prize money's gone down or not 142 so you know those are your biggies you got Meta Man uh, Embra Man and Kosamui Embra Man and Kosamui are run by the same same I would love to see if Meta Man was put at a different time of year what kind of field they get it's hot there all all year I suppose you're you're talking more timing wise yeah just because it's so close to Kona you're not going to get a great field but Mm. if you've done it in June you know as you say it's hot all year so why can't you have it any time of the year you know like if they change it to a different time of year, it's a good time of the year to have a half. You know, I, I mean, they're they're probably going to get a same size field. You know, in terms Can of the age group, get out in two thousand and twelve. Yeah, and you know, I think they would get. So, you know, that time of the year you'd get some good pros turning up for a half if they put on big money. You know, it's good timing prep for for Kona, and I think you'd probably get a pretty good age group size field as well. So yeah. yeah, so there you go, Bevan. I've answered all your questions from last week on where all the prize money. And that will be from. my project while while I'm in Kona in this year. The project for me is to figure out what kind of what kind of income pros really are making, and um and how that money is coming in. Good luck with that. Well, would you say? Sorry, if I asked you off the record, would you tell me? Oh yeah, yeah. I suppose so. But yeah. you know, you know me pretty well. If you just go up to a random pro you've asked for an interview with and. Some of the guys we know, but you know, they might do it. But more like Pete and Macca and yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't be then going on the show saying Macca earns this and Pete earns this. It yeah. would just be we know that the, the certain people within the top tier are earning this range, the mid tier. Mm. You know, we'd even it out. But I just think it's one of those things that we all want to know, but nobody's really talking about. Yeah, I think most of them are earning less than probably what we think. Yeah, and that, you know, and, and that's actually a good thing for us mm. to know. So, mm. and you know, it would be nice to know. You know, like if the top pros are earning half a mil, you go, girl. Thanks. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Uh, is this a saying, Belinda's saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she, uses, she uses that one all the time. On you? No. You go, Gil. Yeah. Project 2014, you want some music? Yep, I do. Okay, some music. Wait, big hitting music. Big hitting music, the, here we the, go. The, 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 the big point of the show. Okay, so. okay, here we go. 
2014 update. You know that music was big and hitting. Yeah, it was like big drama in like here. Jaws sort of stuff. Yeah, almost. yeah. Well, that's what you wanted. Yeah. So I just deliver. Had my first swim this morning, Bevan, in two weeks. How'd that go? It was actually quite reasonable. Huh. Apart from all the guys wanting to have a chat to me at the pool, you know, talk about the race. I'm like, man, I've got to, we're going to keep, keep, keep moving here. Probably about 3K. 500, 400, 300, 200, 100. 500, 400, 300, 200, 100. Did you talk to them for long? Just a little bit. Who's down there at that pool? Sorry? Who swims there? Oh, nobody you know. Ian Woods there a little bit. But Ian Woods? Swim. I was yeah. watching him run yesterday. Wood? He runs off his elbows out, but too wide. <laughs> he does, yeah. 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 <laughs> Pull them in. Just yeah. <laughs> Relax. He's, he's very still in his upper body. Yeah. Not much, you know, vertical displacement. His hips yeah. aren't moving much. He runs really well. But just elbows. Whoa. Just, oh. Almost like the master microphone. And we'll just bring your elbows in a little bit. Even yeah. Joe said, oh, he's got his elbows out wide. <laughs> Pull them in. Maybe he could come along to get up to five. He's actually struggling with, struggling with his running at the moment. He's got a bit of an Achilles issue. Come to get up to five. Get up Stepping to five. up our walking program. There yeah. you go. We'll get your strength work up. <laughs> uh, uh, right, so I've just had basically two weeks of doing pretty much nothing. So... By nothing, I mean all I did was I did a couple of commutes that I had to do, and then other than that, uh, that was it. So here the plan is I've got to take five or six weeks off running. Commutes, have I had to commute? I had to, case. I had to commute all the way to Lincoln and back two days in a row. So that was what was that for? Uh, just do a bit of coaching. So that was 40Ks on. You biked to Lincoln for coaching? Yeah, Lincoln High. Oh, do you? Yep. yep. What, what, what age? Um, 13, 14. Are they good? Uh, they've got a new pool out there. But the kid's good. I don't know, really, but uh, <laughs> better than that. Some I've seen. This is a, this is a bit of a. It's 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 kind of a cross. It's, it's sort of a country school, but not. It's kind yeah, of it's, 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 it's kind, of, kind of got some halls with kids. Mm. And but then you know, just the the kids in terms of their body composition, quite different to going to other city city schools. Like most of them, I'm not saying they had ripped abs or anything, but there weren't many um, really overweight kids. You go to some of the city schools, man, you just shake your head and you just go, "What the hell is going on here?" Oh, really? Do you, do you abuse them? Don't abuse them, I just shake my head and then when you're leaving you see them all just sitting there eating their packs of chips and uh, fizzy drink for, for morning tea. It's just like, far out, man, we've got problems. Anyway, back to saying it's not a problem, Project 2014. That's not a problem, John. So I need to have five or six weeks off running to get my poor little foot sorted out. So, so what was the, what's the actual... Uh, so I've got a stress fracture in my foot. Well, it hasn't been x-ray, but it's highly likely that it is, so I'm just going to take it off regardless. So yep. just basically five or six weeks of doing nothing, nothing, and you've still got to walk, obviously, which doesn't doesn't help, but uh feels like it's getting a little bit better, which is good. So still got three or four weeks to what go What about a there. moon boot? Sorry? What about a moon boot? No, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, but sometimes like we had a runner, Karina, and it wasn't that bad, and she just kind of never got it right, and then she got in a moon boot, and mm. sometimes it's good just to stop yourself. Oh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So... Yeah, five to six weeks off running, and then uh, the main focus is going to be on overall just improving my bike leg, specifically around my FTP, and also get more endurance, which I'm going to get courtesy of Epic Camp. Uh, so my bike was, I was pretty happy with where my bike was at before the race, but poor execution, well, tactically the way I played it didn't really work out, and then I need to get my swim and run back up to my normal sort of levels. So my swim was still a bit weak, and my run uh, was... What was the swim weak? Uh, swimming by myself, not doing enough swimming, and probably leaving my run a little bit too late. Yeah. So probably a little bit overconfident. It still wasn't terrible. It was probably it was only like a minute off where I probably should have been. But uh, but you knew going of, into it. You were oh, to, yeah. You know, when we were talking to Melina before the race, you would say, you know, like I know I'm not where mm. I need to be. So, so swimming by yourself, how do you overcome that? Because it's a bit funny in Christchurch now. It is a bit funny in Christchurch. I'm just going to have to make do the best that I can and be a bit more. I'm just going to be a bit more structured with my overall build-up. So I'm going to be writing my whole plan, every session, all the way through to Kona, uh, well in advance, rather than just sort of 
winging it, sort of doing two weeks at a time. So yep. I'm just going to have a bit more progression, but I still will be, for a large degree, swimming by myself. Uh, and that's just. Where are the just, good squads now? Oh, they're sort of Jelly Park, and it's just too far to go, and yeah. it's just not convenient. So I've got to make use, best use of my time availability for training. Uh, in terms of how I'm going to break the year up, uh, so I've had two weeks off and then no, nothing really done there. Got 11 weeks until Kona, um, 70.3, and my camp over there, so that's really going to kick um, my sort of Kona Ironman build-up off. But in that 11 weeks, very much going to be focusing on my bike, doing some hard biking, uh, swimming three or four times a week, but very much all about the bike. And then after coming back from Kona, uh, it'll be 19 weeks through to Ironman and the challenge I've got there is, is going through our winter um, but the big pluses I've got that I didn't have during our summer is I've got Epic Camp there um, eight weeks out and that is going to be massive it's a 12 day camp averaging 140 k's a day on the bike plus a lot of climbing so it's going to be big big time in the seat and outside of that in terms of the training volume, you know, I'd love to be doing more biking, more swimming, more running, but it's just not not um, achievable with the time I've got available. So volume-wise, it'll be pretty similar, you know, sort of doing between 14 and 16 hours a week. But probably the one difference I'm going to make, because I'll have a higher level of fitness going into this one, I won't be just building up from nothing, is I'll probably be doing quite a bit more tempo work. Yep. Um, so sort of... Quality. Yeah, quality and sort of a lot of half Ironman work on my long rides. Um, and then... Arriving into Kona 12 days out, so I'll be using a, a, a funny sort of taper for, for Kona, which I've found has worked very, very well for athletes that I've coached, is for us Kiwis coming out of winter, arriving in Kona early, fully tapered and rested, and then actually doing seven, seven to eight days of big training, low intensity, but uh, basically to, to fully acclimatise. Wait a second, so you taper before you go to Kona? Yep, so so I, I'll arrive in Kona on Tuesday, um, so 12 days before the race, and I'll be fresh as a daisy when I get there, so I'll probably be having you know, three days of next to nothing leading into that, or very, very light training. Yep. And then basically first day I'll be doing a decent swim bike run, second day biking the entire course, you know, doing 180Ks, which some people would think is madness, you know, 11 days before the race. But what we've found with the camp we do over there is uh, any negative downside to doing 180Ks in terms of the fatigue you get from that is outweighed by the, the acclimatisation effects. So it'll be 180Ks of just cruising, yeah. but you're out in the sun and the heat for yep. seven hours or so. Mentally known, of course, as well. Yeah, so that's, that's sort of the, the general overview. What I think hampered me a little bit with Ironman New Zealand and 70.3 was um, wasn't able to get enough running in, mainly because of my crash over Christmas and, uh, injury. and my injury. Uh, a little bit of overconfidence with the swimming in terms of where I thought I, I would be. It didn't end up being too much of a problem. Christmas. One thing that is going to be really good with the, the build-up for, for Kona is we don't have Christmas smacked in the middle. And that's a really tricky time for most Kiwis with yeah. families to, to train. You just got the, you're just torn between trying to spend time with your family and uh, and then you're not working and it just all ends up being a bit of a bloody debacle. And it's just lots of routine as well, isn't it? Mm. You know, you don't have your routine. Whereas for... for, for for, for people with, without families, they can, they can crank it during that period and they can they can really go for it, but it was a real struggle for me. And then the other difference is going to be, you know, for the for 70.3 and Ironman New Zealand, I was very much racing to win um, versus in Kona, I'll be just doing my own race and uh, trying to place as high as I can, but not necessarily going for, for the win. Um, other things I want to do better in terms of uh, the Kona build-up, do a bit more, lot more yoga and stretching plus core because I love to listen to my wife and tell her what I should be doing more of. That's right. You're and the perfect partner, John. I need to lose a little bit of belly flab. 
need to get their body composition down a bit. A bit so, better. how much overweight do you think you were? I don't think I was necessarily overweight; just carrying a bit, bit of extra flab. I wish I should have. I should have gone and got a fat percentage done just before the race, so then I would sort of know where I was at and uh, give myself a bit of target. But I didn't do that. Certainly packed on a little bit of flab around the belly the last two weeks. <laughs> And uh, main challenges I've got over winter is uh, is biking can be a bit of a challenge. Um, thankfully, I've got the kicker, so indoor training is a little bit easier now. So what's the kicker? That's a, the in, indoor trainer, but then it, 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 you can basically pre-program all different workouts in there, so you don't have to be sitting there going, right, I've got to do a 12-minute workout, I've Just got a 12-minute pre-program, yeah, you're right, pre-program you do it. Uh, balancing family is always a challenge and the other big thing I haven't really got this time around is uh, any races leading into Kona so we're going to have to do some the Philinator and I are going to have to bash each other stupid in some training sessions just to try to simulate some races but you know we'll be going in nothing, zero races between here and Kona oh and I've got 70.3 but in terms of in that sort of final 16 yeah. to 20 weeks no racing There's no races that are convenient to try to jump on? no yeah. I mean I might do, I might might be able to find a 10k but that'll be about it no but like, like a half no, not really. Okay. So that's it. That's going to be, I'll be uh, updating you probably on a weekly basis because Bevan loves us so much. This is my favourite segment. Yeah. That's why I put that great music on. Yeah, but probably won't do too much updating except for once we get into, into, into the Kona build-up. And Epic Camp? Yeah, Epic Camp's going to be gold. I'm really looking forward to that. Game okay, on. Is there any slots still available for Epic Camp? Uh, for, for anybody who wants to go to Kona, we've got slots on the camp, but the race is sold out. For Canada, pretty much full up. Okay, uh, you, can get, you can go on the waiting list if you want. Is Gordo doing Canada? He's doing the first three or four days, and then he's uh, he's, <laughs> he's not really doing, yeah, he's not really necessarily doing the camp, but he's going to be there, and uh, so you get to hang out with Gordo for four days or so. Sharpen up. He's moved on. He's he, moved on. He used to be a legend. Yeah, he's moved on. <laughs> uh, sponsor John. Let's talk about extreme endurance. So yeah, last week I've got to say I've been sharing with a couple of other people my new swallowing technique. People are loving it. Are they? Well, it's not, I can't claim it. It's You're a swallower. It's Peter, da- Peter Daddy Death Tinholt gave us this one. If you struggle with any pills what, at all. Do you know what's funny now? I just feel proud of myself every morning when I take my seven pills at once without having to do your silly trick. Oh, well, if you, if you, I just, I just kind of go, man. I'm it's just, it's not silly. You just get the pills in your mouth. Bend over a little bit. So wait, do you, do you do one at a time or do you chuck them all in now? No, one at a time. Oh, I could try to. Take it. Go on. Try to take how many how many pills are you actually meant to take? I usually just take three. Okay, try all three at once. Mm. Let me know how you go. If I don't see you, you next week. See me again. <laughs> get Belinda, John Newsom died by swallowing get, pills. Get Belinda standing next to me, ready to do the Heimlich maneuver on me. That's right. Uh, the immune boost is gold because last week I did start to get sick. As soon as I started taking it again, um, I was uh, felt heaps better. And then stopped taking it again for a couple of days. <laughs> you got <sick. laughs> Felt like crap again, back on it, feel fine again. So it's gold. So you guys are going through winter or you, if you often struggle with sickness, then uh, it seems to be working very, very well. So you can check that out, xendurance.com. And uh, also, of course, the Extreme Endurance, we get heaps of good feedback on that. For Kiwi and Aussie listeners, I'm actually going to be stocking all the uh, full, pretty much the full range shortly. It's going to arrive anytime in the next few days so you'll be able to if you want to get some of the execute or the omega or extreme endurance or the immune boost i'm pretty much going to have it all and can easily ship in new zealand or australia so check it out xendurance.com promo code on the com site is imtalk5 nice mm. extreme endurance guys make sure you get on it and uh, use that code and we'll be rocking and rolling jones checking his phone well i've got to check i'm supposed to be going training with taking one of my little athletes out this morning but it's uh okay see you then righty hope we've got uh 12 minutes 12 you said quarter two yeah you're bloody 
piss fart around. No, I'm, go- I'm working to quarter two. Okay. Questions and answers. answers. Okay, we've got a question from Mike Threshold. He's got there a few methods around the working out Ironman power based on threshold. Joe Ferrell has one on training peaks, blog, etc. But I've not yet found a formula that is estimates half Ironman power. John often refers to his half Ironman power effort. Just wondering how he calculates that. Does he know that he can hold it or is he just basing it on his current threshold? So first thing you've got to know, you've got to figure out is, is getting an accurate, a fairly accurate FTP, um, which is sometimes a little bit challenging because some people can push themselves more in time trials than others, but you obviously got to, you've got to figure out what that is. And then in terms of working out your half Ironman power, I basically have a bit of a, a range that I use, and it's quite a big range, but in general... 90% of FTP is going to be the absolute upper limit um, you can sustain. I haven't really seen anybody other than pros that might be able to sustain a bit more than that. So that would be your upper number that you don't want to cross over. Chances are in a race it's going to be lower than that, but that can give you a bit of a ceiling that you don't want to cross over. And then at the lower end you'd be looking at around about 75% of FTP and most people can sustain that um, if not higher, unless you are towards the, the tail end of the field and then you might be potentially a little bit lower than that. So most people are going to be sitting uh, around about that sort of 80 to 85% of FTP um, for their half Ironman efforts. But it's very much trial and error. A bit of it depends on you know how fit you are. You know Some people might be able to work out a magnificent uh, FTP number Based off a ten-mile time trial, but they don't have a fit, they have the fitness to be able to sustain um, any sort of strong effort for three or four hours or however long it's going to take. So that will give you a starting point. You know, it's not going to be above ninety percent unless you're an elite elite age grouper. It's going to be above seventy-five percent if you want to. You know, a fairly good estimate is going to be in the eighty to eighty-five percent of FTP. Then you need to go out there and practice it, and then you need to um, set you know try to do a trial race so go and do an Olympic distance race where you'd be a little bit above that um, just a little bit you might be at that sort of 90% range and see how you run off the bike so you've got to do some simulations you might do an Olympic distance simulation and training at half Ironman effort and see how well you cope running off the bike and if you can run well off the bike in a training session uh, just over Olympic distance uh, chances are providing you get your nutrition right providing you're fit enough you should be able to do it in a half Ironman just because there's everything else going on and you're, and you're tapered for it and um, it's all about making you know, making sure you can run well you know, we can all bike like bloody heroes but if we run like pansies then it's, yep. it's not too much good no pansy so, running so that gives you just some broad numbers to work off okay William this is William I don't know who William's last name William Anthony maybe uh, just read your Ironman New Zealand race report and with your nutrition plan being similar to mine I was wondering your reasoning behind spreading your UCAN over the majority of the bike rather than switching to infinite when UCAN finished I haven't really got a scientific answer for you there, William, but I might be able to get the guys from UCAN on at some stage to answer that. Really, I just use see, I view UCAN as just another source of energy. fuel and energy, yeah. and there's no way in hell that it's you know taking it at the start is going to last all the way through the ride. Uh, I would like to you know if I was going to carry on racing beyond Kona, I would uh, like to experiment just racing on UCAN solo all the way through the race. Um, but yeah, it just it, it worked really well for me, and both the Philinator and I have found that it just stabilises things a bit more for us, and we just find that we you know weren't too too frazzled on the run, 
and I, um, yeah, nutritionally wise, had had a really good day. So the way that I had my UCAN was I had one sachet at the forty-five k mark, so and the, the the quarter mark, and then I had another one at the three-quarter mark, and uh, had it mixed in just a standard drink bottle. Had both sachets in there, and it was probably about three quarters full, so it wasn't um, a really gluggy consistency, but still reasonably gluggy. And then the rest of the time was on on infinite, and then uh, high five gels on the run, and it, it worked a treat. Nice. Uh, Thorson sent through an email just saying here, him and Luke um, Dragster have got their Ironman predictions website up, and got, if you want to submit a bet for Melbourne, you can oh, do we're gonna, that. We'll do that if we've got time after the show. Let's finish it at no, eight forty, and we'll, no, no, and we will wait till uh, next week. Our, we've got to do our predictions though, because it's 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 the betting one. You can. Uh, you we'll do, do it after. Do you do it later in the day? Okay, you make sure you do it too. Oh yeah, I'll pick it. Pick it. Torsten, if he doesn't do it, can you email me, please? <laughs> Listen to it. <laughs> um, and him and Luke have started their own podcast, which is on, I'll put a link to it on www.imtalk.me. It's called I Am Predictions. So if you want to listen to their podcast as well, you can do that as well. So iampredictions.com is the website, and I have a link to that on our show. Ironman-predictions.com. <laughs> now, John, I got an email from the Holy Hammer. Right. And he's just talking about the points rating. Right. He's got, you. He's, you're saying, why weren't you second? Why is Potter ahead of you? Yeah, he's got. He is second equal in Ironman only, as in Taupo. John and Pod finished within five seconds, one point band deficit of the winner. So, note: even though ranking refers to two races, only one for Ironman has been taken into account, determining Ironman. Obviously, so the ranking doesn't actually count the Auckland race at this stage. He's second outright to Pod in overall ranking in seventy Ironman in seventy point three with two races, forty four points behind. Being two po- two minutes and right. twenty, I was further behind, and it was very close. And at Ironman, and I was a fair distance behind. So you lost eighteen points per minute, right? Basically, well, north seventy point three uh, is the other three races around the world. Yeah, blah blah. So he's actually sent a link through to how they describe how all the points happen. So point system. Well so, done, Bevan. Yep. Like everybody, everybody understands that really clearly. Yeah. Well, thanks, Murray. <laughs> thanks to Murray. Thanks to Murray. Um, it's probably my reading, to be honest. Uh, but w- but basically, you were closer at the Taupo race. Yes. And so because of that, and so with Pod and with also this week's age group of the week, Quentin, it's one all at the bottom of the second. What does that mean? Do you not like watch baseball? Have you never. Oh, the second bottom innings. Of the second innings. One all. Because so Quentin beat me in Auckland as well, beat both of them in Taupo. It's one uh, all, okay. second. It all comes down to Kona. That's all that matters. What happens in Kona? The race within the race. Exactly. Mates against mates, states against state. They're not my mates. They're, they're, oh, really? They're, they're, they're nothing to me. You know how to make friends, don't you? They are nothing You're to me. You're dead to them. Yeah. You yeah. are just the, History. You are the enemy. Uh, sponsors, John? Athlinks.com. Race mm. report. Extreme endurance. Where do I need to go? Maui. Oh no! <laughs> well, I don't know if they sell extreme jerseys now, but they might. They do. probably would. Yep. Now we coffees of white. And now we as well. I get John Bone nicknames. I did right. my nicknames. So did I. Don't save it because I've. I've <gasps> I'll save it now. Oh my gosh! Saved, saved it. No. Okay, you go first. I haven't got it open. Okay, I'll go. Pulan. Have you got it open yet? No. Oh, I've saved it. So hopefully. I'm just opening it. I can do mine if you really want me to. Okay, go. It's a story with the weather today. It was 27 degrees yesterday. Sunday, pouring rain. Yeah. Yesterday, got to 30. I know. Today, Didn't do windy it. and overcast. Right, we are. We've had the worst summer ever, guys. You must be feeling sorry for us. Right, Giles Leather. Leather? Giles Leather? The big cheese. The reason that, 
Gilles, there's a triathlete in France called Gilles Raboul, and uh, he was awesome. And so I went, France, cheese, so you're the big cheese. I did love that about France. The yeah. amount of times I went out for restaurants and mm. just got the meat and cheese and breads. Nice. Oh, John. Yeah. Sitting in France, everyone dresses really cool. Yeah. And here we are, my sandals and my, yeah. my Nike no, pants. No, no passport. No passport. Mm. Loved it. Okay, next up. Uh, Leanne, Madam Hornet, Parry. Why Madam Hornet? And she, she, she's just going for it. You know, hornets go fast. Okay, good. Uh, She'll sting you. Philip, the Commander Thomas. Nice. Don't know why I came up with that, but the Commander, I thought, you know, he's in charge. Nice. David Phillips, we've already given two nicknames, so I didn't think we needed a third. He's either the Major or Landlord. Nice. Marion, the Big Rig Herring. Oh. He's, he's known as Moose, but we'll go with the Big Rig because we've got to give it. Dave Dwan wants another nickname as well, apparently. Oh, he's not happy with Triple D. I thought he liked Triple D. No, and he wants another one. David, the Reconstructor Levy. Okay, David one. Xavier, White Strike Kenny, because he, he was on his athletics profile. He was had all this white stuff. We've already got White Lightning, so I had to go with White Strike. Yep. Andrew, Two Face Black, because there's another Andrew Black who's from Christchurch. And yeah. This is, I don't think this is this one. There's another uh. Andrew Black who I met at Taupo, and he bought, uh, very well done, bought a one of my little profile bottle setup thingy. He came to the profile stand, profile design. You, did you sell me any product? I sold hundreds. I'm sure you did. And he had a little profile bottle, and uh, and he also I think he did ultra marathons or something. So two face, nice, good. nice memory. Uh, Tim, the castle bishop, nice bishop from chess. Nice, nice that's good. Sorry. I like one. That's good. Uh, Alexander Sticks Baron, he was his athletes profile. He looked skinny as hell, so he's sort of sticks. <laughs> and the rest are yours. I didn't do roll. Oh, uh, Michael Roll Egan. Roll's a pretty poor one. Well, maybe you've put Roll because you've got Rolling Thunder on the next one. Oh, maybe I did. Maybe it wasn't me. Okay, make up one for Michael. Egan. Egan. Michael the Vegan Egan? I don't know. No. The Vegan Egan. Vegan Egan? Yeah. Yeah, there's not much of a Meat muncher? Meat muncher. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm sure he loves that one. Meat muncher. <laughs> Meat muncher. Paul Lund, Rolling Thunder. Nice. Amanda Wilmer. And I just called her Looney because the woman kind of made me think of Looney Tunes. Yeah. So Looney. Yep. Go on, carry on. Brad Armstrong, the yeah. looker. Because yeah. I kind of thought Brad Pitt is the looker. And now we're getting a little lazy. Ye, ye who said he would not go back and find no, all the other nicknames no. has gone back and got them all. No, because I thought it was silly to have two nicknames. <laughs> so the thong and yeah. thongs, thighs, how do you say last name? Thiles. Thiles. I think. And it's the th- we called her the thong, didn't we? Yeah, because she does Ironman races yeah, in Jandals. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Holtwick, he's a Prince of Pain. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, Justine Bolton, I thought of I thought of the singer Michael Bolton. Yep, so did I. Yeah, and then uh, and then I thought he sings smooth songs. Mm-hmm. I smooth up the read. I know it's not a song, but still. Who's on Justine Mullet Bolton? Oh, he could have. Although that's my nickname, mm. Mully. Mm. I don't really call it, but you ca- your Mully was nothing compared to the cyclist. Uh, no, he has got a classic one, but there's another one. that We've got a New Zealand motorcycle rider now who oh, won, really? won some X Games thing the other day. Yeah, good Melly. <laughs> yeah, outstanding Melly. Oh, I love it. Um, Jeremy W. Ryan, boom, shalak, luck, boom. Nice. Yeah, that's a good day. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nathan Every, the block. Mm hmm. Block you out of the way. Yeah. Nine personal training. Don't know who the name is, so I just called him Smash him. With their personal training. Yeah. Uh, Robert Green, Spine Tingler. Yeah, I gave up on that one a while ago. Yeah, and uh, Martin Sylvester, Silver Surfer. 
Nice. Did my job. Did, my Did job. you copy you and paste it? You can't complain. You can't complain. You can't complain. <laughs> okay, Jombo, what's your goss? We've got, we've got nine minutes. This is great. Nine minutes? Oh, we had the we had the, the wife-free weekend in Hamna. Oh, so go. how'd that go? go if, if, if any of you are out there and you want to get... Get rid of your wife's is the message. Go away for the weekend. We went. We, we basically kids got picked up from school on Friday, and we were pretty much out of here. So we left. We were out of Christchurch before four o'clock, and uh, on Friday, and came back about four o'clock on Sunday. So they had you know forty eight hours of freedom. I guess first of all, what did you boys do? Uh, what did we do? We um, just got up there, didn't get up there till about six, and then you know I was on the Barbie burgers for dinner Saturday. So what time the kids? How old are the kids? Uh, the kids, Phil's kids. Uh, how old's Freddie? Probably three. Three, four, and six. Yeah. Minor four and six. And they all get along really well. Yep. No fighting. Oh, plenty of fighting. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But Dad, Thomas, yes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> had a bit of took out the soccer ball, the rugby ball. Had a bit of that Friday night. Friday night footy. Yeah. And then Saturday went to the animal farm. What time park. the kids go to sleep? Oh, because they're so young. Probably a little bit late. They were probably about eight, I think. It's good to see you and Phil. We're heading all nighter. Oh yeah, big time. Oh yeah. yeah. Had a nice bottle of Wither Hills wine, just yeah, perfect. What'd you do? Yeah. You watch some sport? Uh, what Play we some watch? cards? What'd you just do? What did we watch? We something, watch something. It sounds a bit bromantic. So what, you, know, you, had a, yeah. you had a glass of wine. Just, had, just had a cuddle on the couch. <laughs> Dim the lights. Had a glass of wine. Yeah. And Saturday, <laughs> went, the lights. Phil had to do a little bit of work on Saturday. Had to go and do an inspection at the school, and then we went and had a bit of a walk by the river. The kids dammed all the river up, and then we went to the farm park, and then we went back to the river and dammed the river again. Oh, and then we like went fun. to the, the hot pools, and then we went back to the hot pools on Sunday. And then we right, so what time did the kids go sleep on Sunday for Saturday night? Saturday was pretty good. They were pretty. They, they would have been tired. So eh? Seven, seven thirty. So would you Saturday night? Have a glass of wine. I was <laughs> in smoke because Thomas buddy kept me awake the whole night before. So, uh. Uh, so I was in. Bed by quarter past nine. Yep. And uh, that was it. Yeah. It was a good weekend. Okay, so the, the no big training. question is, yeah. what did the chicks get up to? They went out pretty much about five times and uh, went crazy. Did they go partying? Uh, they go out dancing? They went partying. They went out for dinner both nights. They went out for lunch, went shopping, just all that sort of stuff they do. Did you see the budget? Uh, I think Belinda was slightly controlled. She did try to sneak something past the front door yesterday. I heard the courier arriving. I'm thinking, oh, oh really? Oh. She comes hurtling down the stairs. I got it, I got it. That's right. How did you say that? Yeah. Found that. Busted. And what was it? Something from Lululemon. Oh, that's not cheap, mate. Mm. Lululemon's a like robbery. Yeah. I'm hearing you. Yeah. So you got to pick your battles. <laughs> you got to pick your battles. Yeah. That was that, but gold. Already got the next one planned for when we come back from Epic Camp, just to get re 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 get some brownie points. Oh, nice. What are you, Bevan? What's happening in your exciting world? My world isn't that exciting right now, John. Oh, come on, it must be. It isn't. Joe and I have five weekends without doing nothing. Oh, you were talking that up last week. I know. And then this week you think we would have done something. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what's coming up? Joining a band. Oh, very good. How's that album coming along? Well, now that I'm joining a band. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But John. I'm going to be the weakest link by country mile. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, so tambourine, are you? Well, I'm, the, triangle. I'm on the keys. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. Triangle, I'll probably, well, even then. So my piano tutor, I've got this amazing piano tutor called uh, Yumiya. She's this Asian girl and she's awesome. And like, she's done so much for my playing. And, uh, and she's a good chick. And uh, I was jamming with these other guys late last year. And they booted you out? No. Musos are a bit fickle. Yeah, Musos are a bit transient, and and we got to a point where we had four guys. We had myself, 
drummer, bass player, and a guy who played guitar and could sing. And when the, the singer guitar was there, we, we had something really cool happening. It was very much early stages, but it was kind of like, you know what, this could go somewhere. And then the bloody singer got a job in Auckland. Wow. And then the drummer wanted to be a rock star, so he was trying to push everything along. And then the bass player's wife had depression, so we couldn't, he couldn't commit. <laughs> so it was all over the place. So then that fell and then that went away. So, so then my, my piano tutor goes to me, oh, my masseuse's partner is a drummer and he's trying to put a band together. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I went and had a meeting with the guy at C1 on Sunday. Do you ever go to C1? Yeah, it's good. Okay. I'm, actually, John, do you ever read Avenues magazine? Uh, occasionally, uh, occasionally, yeah. Look out! There's, oh, okay. a, there's a piece on me coming up soon. Oh, God, you're grabbing the next copy. <laughs> Full page picture of me. So anyway, uh, so and and I put C1 because that's my only calf. Right. Like, when I go to a calf, I want big mugs. Yeah, yeah. C1. Yeah, deliver. So we went there, met up with this guy, and he's telling me, you know, he plays drums, and he's he's, he's sounds like he's a pretty good drummer. And uh, and I, I'm really up front. I'm saying, look, I've been playing piano for about five years. I'm, you know, still feel mm. like I'm kind of beginner, but I need to be playing with others. I want to play music and bands. I want to perform the rest of it. So it's got to be done. So you know, really laying the line down. I'm going to be the weakest link. Yeah. Find out the guitarist. He's got studied music for five years. Got a degree in music. This, my drummer's been playing for 30 years. Oh, goodness. Oh, I'm going to be so insecure. Okay. Good. <laughs> this is like Project 2014. What are you reading? Oh, what is uh, John Hancock's just sent through? Interesting list of top 25 <laughs> ma- males of all disciplines. I'd say. Uh, okay. These lists are crap. Yeah. I think it's a triathlete it's just magazine. A, it's an easy way of getting Top 25 hits. greatest ma- uh, athletes of all time. We'll do it next week, eh? Why don't you listen to my story? Yep. Because this could be a defining moment, John. God, Hamish Carter, that's a terrible outfit. What did he get? It's mine, Greg Bennett, in a turquoise tri suit. Oh, that's all right. He pulled it off. He was the best ever. Yeah. Best ever Kiwi. Yeah. Is he? Uh, best ever male. Yeah, yeah, you probably, yeah, you would. Yeah. Him and Rick Wells. Yeah. Different eras. Olympic gold counts for a lot. Yeah, Olympic gold counts for <laughs> yeah. a lot. I would say, no, he is the greatest. John, back to my yeah, band. Back, back to your band. So, so we, yeah. So I'm meeting with them next week. Yeah. <sighs> I practice my piano every day. I'm, I'm pretty, yeah. pretty disciplined, mm-hmm. and I play for about an hour and a half, two hours a day, and uh, I feel like I need to practice a lot more. Okay. <laughs> a little bit nervous. It's yeah. good to do that, but yeah, should we finish up the show? Then you got, uh, and then you can get onto your practice. No, no, I'm gonna have three minutes. <laughs> it, it's good to do something in life that really stretches you, and because with fitness. Mm-hmm. I'm not that stretched, mm-hmm. you know. Like I, I, ch- I find challenges and all the rest of it, but it's not that whole thing where I'm shit my pants. Yeah. And with this, I'm going to be. You're my not going to be doing like. You're <laughs> I'm literally. No, I'm going to. I'm going to do it on the toilet. Yeah. I'm play. I'm yeah. taking a portaloo when I'm playing. And just, I'm thinking we could, yeah. Pull-ups could be a new sponsor of the show. <laughs> adult, adult pull-ups. <laughs> get onto it, Newsom. Yeah, I think I can make it happen. I've got an angle I can go on. Get onto it. Get onto it. We got we got a sponsor, but we want the chocolate people wanted to sponsor the show, didn't they? Yeah. You weren't interested. Oh, I sent a reply saying, "Yep, send us a lifetime supply." And we'll it was dark chocolate. Yeah. Uh, how many pieces do I have each night? Five hundred. Uh, five, John. I thought yeah. you were going to pick it out there. No. Five. Who are you meeting in, in, in two, two minutes? Um, Cam Brown's number twenty-three. Of all time? Yeah. All time best triathletes? Yeah. Wow, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that. Is that? Cam Brown's pretty awesome. Andrea Australia, it's 25. Wow, so you'd put, my, so you'd say Cam Brown goes in front of Andreas? Probably his because he's yeah. for his. Andreas hasn't won much. It's faster. Yeah. Sebastian Keenlay, 22. Scott Molina, 21. Jeez, that's a bit harsh. That is a bit harsh. Yeah, Greg Bennett in front of Scott. 
was Molina. good bit of done. Good I've been a few times. Yeah. But Scott Molina, he's the two Molina. Yeah. Who's won, Mark Allen or Brownlee? Uh, uh, what else you got there? These, these, these are you can't have Timber Boom in front of Molina. Oh, this is crap. Both our leader. Is he in front of Brad, Molina? Brad Bevan. Brad Bevan. Luke Van Lee at only 13th. Uh, hey, come on, hurry up. Hold on. Bevan Doherty, I'm, I'm 13th. No, no, I'm keeping an eye on it. Gomez, 9. Peter Reid, Simon Whitfield, 7. Simon Lessing, 4. That's a bit of a stretch. Did you have Simon Lessing? Craig Alexander, 3. Would you have Lessing before Alexander? Alistair Brownie, 5. Really? Mac is 6. Mark Allen, 1. Dave Scott, 2. Gee, I wonder if this is American. Uh... Who's Cody, three? Curry three. Lessing four. Brownlee five. F- five. So you'd have Brownlee ahead of who? Oh. That's a good point. Good point. Good point. Anyway, uh, it's, fi- it's 8.45. Time to go. Oh, it's happy to get you 8.46. Iron Russ. I'm in date. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. I'm just waiting for it to tick over to 8.46. There we go. <laughs> All right. Game over. Right.